0: I've laid him low, and so my false words sing for joy to see my overthrow. But still I trust your constant love you save and set me free. With joy I will extol the Lord who has been good to Um, we're going to read together in Nehemiah chapter uh, 6, and it's on page 490 if you're going to use the church Bibles, and beginning at uh, verse 15, and then we'll read into chapter 7 as well. So that's uh, page 490, Nehemiah 6:15. So... The wall was completed on the 25th day of Elul in 52 days. When all our enemies heard about this and all the surrounding nations saw it, our enemies feared and lost their self-confidence because they realized that this work had been done with the help of our God. Also, in those days the nobles of Judah were sending many letters to Tobiah and replies from Tobiah kept coming to them for many in Judah were under oath to them to him since he was son-in-law to Shechaniah son of Ara and his son Jehohanan had married the daughter of Meshullam son of Berachiah. Moreover, they kept reporting to me his good deeds and then telling him what I said, and Tobiah sent letters to intimidate me. After the wall had been rebuilt and I had set the doors in place, the gatekeepers and the singers and the Levites were appointed, I put in charge of Jerusalem my brother Hanani, along with Hananiah, the commander of the citadel, because he was a man of integrity and feared God more than most men do. I said to them, The gates of Jerusalem are not to be opened until the sun is hot. While the gatekeepers are still on duty, make them shut the doors and bar them. Also appoint residents of Jerusalem as guards, some at their posts and some near their houses. Now the city was large and spacious, but there were few people in it, and the houses had not yet been rebuilt, so my God put it into my heart to assemble the nobles, the officials, and the common people for registration by families. I found the genealogical record of those who had been the first to return, and this is what I found written there. Um, I'm not going to read the rest of the chapter. So there you go, that's a photograph. Um, black and white, obviously. And that's Nehemiah's wall. It's in, in Jerusalem. Not all the wall, obviously, <laughs> but that's a little bit of it. See how, the, um, see how the rubble is there, how the stones, all different shapes and sizes, put together. Obviously, the, there's mortar in there somewhere, but it's almost like a dry stone wall. Um, Nehemiah and his team had to build with what they, what they had. They didn't have Portland bricks. They had all different shapes and sizes of stones. They had to get rid of all the dust and rubble, and they were left with all that kind of stuff. Um, there's a book entitled uh, Building with Bananas. It's about church. And it, 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 the, the author had overheard a brickie saying, look at this brick, it's like a banana, and I'm building with bananas. What's God got to do? He's got to build with what he's got. now. There's some pretty odd-looking stones there. Um, I'm looking out. I'm not mentioning anyone in particular. I'm not catching your eye, but there are some very odd-looking members in our congregation. And uh, you're looking all at me, so I'm the one in the spotlight. If you want to put in the next slide there, um, there's just a wee plan. I don't know how well you can see it. It may be better on the big screen. The darker one, that's the the, um, old Jerusalem. That's... The gates—that's what Nehemiah rebuilt with those wee stones—and that's the present-day old uh, Jerusalem uh, the, on the outer ones. give you a sense of scale, if you've ever seen photographs or been in Jerusalem, um, pretty big. Um, not as big as the later the later walls. Anyway, let's let's turn to um, chapter 6:15 and into chapter 7. Uh, see, when you're, when you're um, allowed to choose your passages, you can, you, you can say, oh, well, I'll do chapter 7, Harry, but um, uh, you can say, well, actually, I'll, I'll leave a wee bit of chapter 6 in there so that um, I get something to say, at least tonight. <laughs> you know, the work isn't done until it's finished. Have you ever heard of Tanguy Pepio? No? Look him up on YouTube. It's a classic. He's an Oregon steeplechaser who thought he'd finished his race first and he started strolling down and, and uh, waving up to the crowd thinking he's what? and he lost in a tenth of a second when uh, Meron Simon came and pipped him at the post. Your, never wor- your work is never done until it's finished. Earlier in chapter 6, we saw, if you heard last week, the walls are up but they're not finished. The gates weren't in place and the bars weren't there either. The work is not finished until that had happened. It was a critical moment in the work. Everything could have been undone if Nehemiah had lost his nerve, if the letters from Tobiah had got to him, had intimidated him, uh, intimidated him and he'd stopped the work, um, if he'd lost his faith in the calling to that work, if he lost that resistance that he had to, to uh, Shemaiah the false prophet, and his other group of Prophet, uh, prophets who were trying to intimidate him. And then you come to this wonderful, quiet and confident moment in verse 15. So the wall was completed. Finished. On the twenty-fifth day of Elul, in fifty-two days. That's amazing when I mean, you stop and think about it, what they did. Um, I've read it and I've heard it said that people often underestimate what they can do in a year and overestimate what they can do in a day. Um, who would have thought 53 days before this, in that time of disgrace and danger, that this would have happened 52 de- after 52 days of work? Who would have believed Nehemiah if he had said, come on, 52 days and the work will be complete and we'll be safe I don't even think Nehemiah really thought he knew how long it would take, but he prepared for it. If it was going to take longer than 52 days, he was ready. He was a prayerful planner. He prioritized the work, placed the people throughout the work. He was a good good resource manager where they could play their part paced the work so nobody was exhausted, so people were safe um, when the enemies were there. They guarded one another. They were ready to come to different parts of the wall to help each other in time of danger. A great exemplary project manager, um, he saw all of this work through from the very first day when he would heard the news and sat down and wept and fasted until the last beam was placed in the last gate. And then that wonderful statement in verse 16, when all our enemies heard about this and all the surrounding nations, they were afraid and lost their self-confidence because they realized that this work had been done with the help of our God. I don't know if you've ever read any commentaries on Nehemiah or books about Nehemiah. It's very popular amongst the uh, leadership uh, gurus in the church. Nehemiah, a book about leadership, and uh, I mean, I've read them when I was a student um, in the last century, many, many years ago. Uh, John White, he's probably a, a name that nobody else knows apart from my generation, but he wrote Excellence in Leadership, a, a study of Nehemiah. And of course, it is a wonderful study in leadership, but it's not the only theme that goes through Nehemiah. Um, I wanted to draw your attention to this because this is the message tonight, actually, It's a story about a work of God. See that term, work? Work. Um, The enemies heard all about this. All the surrounding nations were afraid and lost their self-confidence because they realized that this work had been done with the help of our God. I want to take you through some of the verses. Work is referenced continually through the the chapters that we've come to um, up to chapter 6. But Nehemiah 2, verse 18. So he's here. Um, Nehemiah is telling the dispirited, um, disgraced exiles with no wall and prey to their enemies. I told them about the gracious hand of my God upon me and what the king had said to me, Artaxerxes. And they replied, let us start rebuilding. So they began this good work. So here's a story of a good work about that's come from the gracious hand of God, and that's one way to read the the narrative, to read the message of Nehemiah up to this point. A work of God that they did with God, and God helped them with, as it were. Uh, you don't have to turn much further back in our chapter; it's, it's the same uh, vocabulary. Chapter six, verse three. Um, Nehemiah is very much aware that he is carrying on a great project and cannot go down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and go down to you? And then 6 verse 9, they were all trying to frighten us, thinking their hands will get too weak for the work and it will not be completed. But I prayed, now strengthen my hands. So, um, what's the message tonight? Well, it's about the work of God, the work completed with the help of God, the completed work confounding the enemies and exposing the hidden conspirators against God, and then the completed work leading to even more work. So let's look at this then together and then try and apply it to ourselves the work completed with the help of god let's read that verse again verse 16 when all our enemies heard about this all the surrounding nations were afraid and lost their self-confidence because they realized that this work had been done with the help of our god we just stop and pause over that verse it's an amazing thing again isn't it it wasn't just Nehemiah with all his giftedness, and he he was gifted. He he shows excellence in leadership, but it wasn't just Nehemiah. Nehemiah would acknowledge that his, his memoir so far is full of prayer and praise to God and a record of how he walked forward on his knees, how he uh, worked with his hands together in prayer and on the trowel uh, and on the sword. Um, They intimidated him, he prayed. They threatened, he planned and prayed. They um, ridiculed them, and he prayed and worked. This work was completed with the help of God. And that's what he wants us to see in this chapter and his memoirs, which gives me my first exhortation tonight Will you complete your work with the help of God? You can do that in two levels. In the New Testament, there is the level of our Christian calling. What is the work that you have been called to do by the Father? Then complete it. Um, I don't know uh, if you've ever been in a congregation and the preacher has mentioned your name. You know, it's happened to me a couple of times, more than a couple of times, it's never failed to make me just about fall off my seat, even if it's a good thing, which often has been, you know, as John Ferguson, my brother, was saying, <laughs> uh, and imagine what you, if your name was Aristarchus, uh, you know, Archippus, Archippus, and you're sitting in the congregation in Colossae, and... They're reading out the letter from Paul, and it's a wonderful letter about, about Christ and about his greatness and his fullness. Tell Archippus, see to it that you complete the work you have received in the Lord. We receive a work from the Lord. Have we completed it? Do you know what your work is in the Lord? Complete it, and not complete it for the Lord, complete it in the Lord, complete the work that God has given you to do with the help of God who gives you the work. Archippus, see to it that you complete the work you have received in the Lord. He who is slack in his work, says the proverb, is a brother to one who destroys. Um, you work in a team in the office? Are other people holding up your weight for you because you arrive late, leave early? You have very long coffee breaks, um, you leave all the projects to the last minute. You don't do your research. You don't f- put things in on time. Are you slack in your work? Complete your work. Um, and if it's work for the Lord, well, all our work is, all our Christian calling, that's work for the Lord. Complete it. See that you complete it with the help of God. Um, Paul has his testimony to this too, doesn't he? It's a wonderful testimony in Second Timothy 4, seven. He's at the end of his life. His last letter, he's about to die. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. When you read that, do you pray it back to the Lord? Do you say, Lord, may I fight the good fight? May I finish the race? May I keep the faith, like Paul, even to the end? We're being exhorted through Nehemiah to do that to finish the work that we've been given to do. Now, you can also apply this at a more profound level. Um, The work of our personal salvation, our our rescue um, from sin and our deliverance into glory. Christ has finished the work of atonement. I'm not questioning that, obviously. One of his seven sayings on the cross is, It is finished. He has paid the price. There is nothing less, no other sacrifice needing to be paid. He has paid it all for us. We add nothing to our salvation in that sense. And yet, if you read Philippians, Paul teaches us that there is still a good work of salvation in us that needs to be finished by us and by God. Verse 6 of chapter 1 in Philippians. I am confident of this that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So there's a good work. It's a good work of salvation, and I'll, if you compare that, and I'll, I'll bring them in a couple of minutes now, um, chapter 2, verses 12 and 13 of Philippians. It, uh, he develops that theme as well, a little bit what he actually means by that. So, completion on the day of Christ Jesus. Um, what is the day of Christ? It's the day of final assessment, isn't it? It's in Nehemiah's terms the day of going round the wall and testing the courses. Um, you know, are the stones there, are the, are, the, are the bricks in place, are the gates firm? It's, it's that assessment time. Um, I don't know if you've ever wondered about the, this cliché that comes up a lot in politics and often in preaching. Well, at the end of the day um, it 's at the end of the day, Brexit means Brexit, or at the end of the day, um, nobody voted for um, a, a Brexit without a deal. At the end of the day, um, we go to bed. No, they never say that, but um, at the end of the day, and where does that phrase come from? Well, it comes from the day of christ, I think so they 're they 're referencing. When all judgment is passed, when all assessment is over at the end of the day, what will the judgment be? And Paul is saying, you know, I'm confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to perfection, to completion, to attainment until the day of Christ Jesus when the quality of the work will be visible to all who watch, enemies and friends alike. So Paul then um, expands that thought, as I said in chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. Therefore, dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you, to will and to act according to his good purpose. What we see in Nehemiah's assessment that the enemy saw and realized that his work had been done with the help of our God, Paul is, is expanding on, illustrating in one sense, in our personal salvation. Continue to work out your salvation. Complete the work don't stop. Don't give up. That's why there's need for fear and trembling. Um, he loves those that coupling, doesn't he? It's not like with fear. It's fear and trembling. It's, it's shaking fear. It's this, this sense. And I, I don't get much of that in my Christian life. I don't know if you do. I kind of wonder, I said to the Lord, where is that fear and trembling in my life? Should I try and pretend it? Well, I don't. Obviously, you can't because that's insincere. Um, but I don't see it, and I wonder why I don't see it. And when I ask myself that, I also wonder, in contemporary church, we don't see that much in preachers. We don't see that much in our, in our Christian lives. Is that a reason why we don't suffer well? Is that a reason why we don't have as much joy as the, uh, Paul had and the early church had? I think there's a correlation there somewhere that's worth looking at and exploring. But anyway, continue to work out your salvation. Nehemiah, plan and complete the work. But then Paul says, it's not you only who does it. It's God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. So it's not all God and it's not all Nehemiah. It's not all me and it's not all God. There is both and. I am confident of this as you work out your salvation in fear and trembling because it's God who's at at work in you to will and to do according to his good purpose that he who began that good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. A very important truth um, to hold on to and pray for ourselves that we will complete our work, our rescue, with the help of God, by the hand of God, by the gracious gift of God, as Nehemiah um, writes in his memoirs here, that we will bring it to completion. He will carry it through to completion in the day of Christ. Don't give up until it's finished. Don't start celebrating before the race is ended. Um, Keep on keeping on to the very end. Uh, May the work be completed with the help of God. It's a bit of a joke in our family about the number of hobbies I have taken up and discarded over the years. I won't bore you by listing all of them. Um, Apart from two, woodworking and silversmithing, I've kept those up. Now, one of the hardest disciplines to learn in these kind of things um, when you're doing a project is to remember to leave enough time for finishing um, that always catches me out. Christmas Eve piece of jewellery for the next day, and I'm still ch- I'm still sawing away, and, and you know I haven't actually got time to uh, finish it properly. Um, the work, however, your skill levels may be, my skill level is slightly low on the gifted amateur amateur side. So any work I'm doing, it takes me all my time, all my effort to plan and then to to sort of build the piece of work. But we know that what people see at the end is not all the work that's going into planning it's not all the sawing and um and joint making it's the the finish on the wood whether it's an oil finish or a painted finish they don't see the the soldering and the welding um and the uh, shaping and the pickling and all that kind of stuff they see the polish on the silver um it's the finish that counts and likewise Oh, I'm I'm saved, that's okay, I can just sit back now and do nothing. Complete the work. Complete the work with the help of God. I am confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Leave time for the finishing and plan that way as well. But secondly, notice the completed work confounded the enemies of God and at the same time exposed all the hidden conspiracy that was going on verse 16 again when our enemies heard about this all the surrounding nations were afraid and lost their self-confidence the completion of the work of god with the help of god under the good hand of the gracious god that led them there and after the prayers of nehemiah that ended in the confounding of their enemies the bubble was pricked. The enemies who thought we are so big and mighty, you will never be able to stand against us. We're always going to be in charge. We're going to be the bullies in the playground in the Middle East now forever and ever, and you will, we will own you. We will be your daddy. Um, you will not do anything, um, said all the conspirators, and we'll do what we can. We'll raise a political ruckus we'll actually do violence we'll bribe people we'll go to no ends, we'll ridicule you how big we are how frightening they looked and here, what do we see? we see them exposed and confounded they lost their confidence if you ever wonder what it means to be ashamed in in the Bible here's an example of it they boasted way back in chapter 2 the work is beyond you Ah, goodness, look at that wall. Remember the picture? You could put it back on there, uh, Louise. Remember that picture? Look, if a a fox jumped over that, it would all fall down. Don't play on this wall. It may fall down. Who's going to do this? And now look at them. Absolutely dumbfounded because the work was completed in 52 days with the help of God. It's a very interesting little phrase there. They fell greatly in their own eyes. (laughs) <laughs> they fell greatly in their own eyes that, that, that 's more a more literal translation, which I think is, is very picturesque isn 't it? So imagine at the beginning of the work, all they could see all they could see before them was their, how big they were, their superiority, um, how high they were, their power, their confidence. We will destroy this work. We will preserve our dominance over the geopolitical scene here around Jerusalem, and our dominance over the people of God, and uh, we 'll keep them will keep them subjugated and not give them the freedom to worship and the freedom uh, to be in the land again. But now that the work is completed, there's a different perception from what they had previously overlooked. They hadn't seen the hand of God at work. Uh, Nehemiah did, and the returned exiles did, but they hadn't. They just ignored that. It was there. The evidence was there. But now they can't ignore that. They have seen that God helped complete the work. And so there's a great falling in their eyes. They're no longer looking down from a great height, down the the length of their nose. They have come down from the Himalayas and they've fallen to the bottom of the Grand Canyon. And they're looking up and they feel so tiny because there's a colossal finished work right up above them which only came about with the help of God. And I think it was the fact that they recognized or they they perceived that they knew then for a second which they hadn't seen, which they were ignoring, that this was God. It was the finger of God. And that's why they were terrified. It's quite ironic, isn't it, that they who tried to scare Nehemiah and to scare the workers were terrified when they see the one whom they'd be contending with. You thought you were just fighting against this ragtag lot of people that came back from exile and a jumped up governor who thought he was something because he was the cupbearer to the king, uh, Axerxes, but you were actually fighting against the king, the king of kings, the holy one of Israel, the one by whose fingers the stars are put in place, who can make wall building a doddle with just his breath. And then the fear comes. If you look at verse 17, there's that word also, also. It links it, doesn't it? It seems to link the two things. The work has been completed. And then he says, also, in those days the nobles of Judah were sending many letters to Tobiah. (laughs) Oh, that's where the thing was coming. How did he get all this information? The nobles were behind it because, of course, he'd married influence. He had people on the inner circles, people who... Oh, we're with you, Nehemiah. No, we're not. We're, you know, we're right behind you, Nehemiah, with a knife. Um, so you can see it. And, and the whole list of people, uh, Meshulam, son of Berechiah, pretty high up there. Um, I've got the inn. I've got the money. I've got the graft. And, oh, my. Have you ever, ever, as a child um, or as somebody at school, been under the influence of, I, I was a teacher, uh, a math teacher, we called him Gan because it was Nag backwards, um, and he was a hopeless maths teacher. He taught my cousins, who, who were, you know, they were growing up by the time I, I went to school, and they taught him maths. They tell me, and it's probably true, um, but he kept telling me about how wonderful the Corbets were. You know, they kept reporting me to me his their good deeds and, and telling telling you know telling me what they had said, etc. If you've ever been on the receiving end of that kind of thing, then you'll know. <laughs> You'll know what was behind the the pain of Nehemiah. Moreover, they kept reporting to me his good deeds. And then telling him what I said, the conspiracy is unmasked when the work is completed. You didn't know what all the currents that were underneath the, the tides uh, and the, the waters that were resisting you. You didn't know um, you know, who was saying what, to whom and when, that, that were putting fear into some of your workers and sapping and their strength and morale. You didn't know about it, but when the work was completed and you could then see also, we saw, says Nehemiah then, that our conspirators were unmasked. Now, how do I really need to apply this um, exhortation, this teaching to the thought of our completed work of our salvation, I'll do it anyway. When, we, when the day of Christ comes, it won't just be a joy for God's people and ourselves and an astonishment that Jesus will say, this, this, and this, now I love you. For let's forget about that for eternity. Look at my Son, whom I love. Look at them who have been faithful uh, to me. Aren't they wonderful? Aren't they glorious? There'll be that, but at the same time, there'll be the confounding of the enemies who dogged our steps, who polluted our holiness, who um, destroyed our confidence, who did their utmost to cast us down. And they will be exposed then to their shame and to our joy. Revelation 12:10. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of His Christ. For the accuser of our brothers who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. They overcame Him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. You don't know why sometimes in your Christian life you're not making much progress and Paul will say you're not wrestling against flesh and blood your own, even your own flesh and blood we're wrestling against spiritual, spiritual powers of darkness principalities powers authorities be strong in the Lord and in his mighty strength overcome them with the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony and on the day of Christ when we are completed they will be exposed ha Look at this Christian. A fox would knock him over, says the enemy, but on that day Jesus will say, look at my brother, my sister. The father will say, look at my child, complete in the Son." Where now are your proud eyes, O great accuser? You are cast down. That will happen. That will happen. And if you've been in Christian ministry for any time, you will have seen that happening too, partially. Um, you, will, you will see the enemies of the gospel in your congregation or in, in, your, uh, in your fellowship. Um, you will see them exposed. You know, sometimes when you're a minister, immature, you're young, you don't really realize some of the tensions that are going on, what's happening. Sometimes it's the people that are all over you when you first go into the, into the place that are the ones who are the worst trouble the worst trouble and the most annoyance and the biggest hindrance to the work. Um, But they are exposed eventually. Their selfishness, their lack of love for Christ, that will be exposed eventually. Um, God will complete the work in our lives and confound our enemies. Do you believe that tonight? I was praying that you would. I hope my prayers are answered. We're going to sing part of uh, this. Well, I'm going to sing all this hymn. I want to quote part of it, Augustus, Montague, top lady. Um, The work which his goodness began, the arm of his strength will complete. His promise is yea and amen and never was forfeited yet. Things future, nor things that are now, nor all things below, nor above, can make him his purpose forego or sever my soul from his love. My name from the palm of his hands, eternity will not erase. Impressed on his heart, it remains in marks of indelible grace. Yes, I to the end shall endure. As sure as the earnest is given, more happy but not more secure, the glorified spirits in heaven. I'm just as secure here, even before the work is completed on the day of Christ, than those who are glorified in heaven because... It is the work is done with the help of God or all to God's glory. Now, thirdly and lastly, um, the completed work notice leads to more work. That, that really amused me when I, read, when I saw that. I didn't really say that clearly, but it, it did. So let's just go back into chapter 7. So you've got more work here for Hananiah and Hanani, uh, his brother, who brought in the news um, uh, uh, in the beginning, and set this whole work in progress. So after the wall had been rebuilt, and I had set the doors in place, the gatekeepers, singers, Levites were appointed. So, you know, you couldn't say, "Well, that's it. Now the walls are done, the gates are up. Let's just sit back and drink a pina colada or whatever else they they drank in uh, in those days." Um, you know, this just you know get a wee umbrella on top of my glass. You think I know what I'm talking about? I've just watched television. I don't really know what it's like. Anyway, so there's more things to be done. The Levites, the gatekeepers, the singers, um, the, the, the one who was in charge of the citadel, which is a, a kind of tower within the temple area, um, they made a commander there. And I, I love this. You know, um, he was appointed because he was a man of integrity and feared God more than most men do. So his service, his completed service up to that point in the story, was the qualification for his next piece of work in the next part of the story. So, it's not like he worked really well, then he can retire. It's he worked really well, and then he's given even more responsibility, even more work. And then, again, verse the 4 the city was large, spacious. There were few people in it. The houses had not yet been rebuilt. So my God put it into my heart to assemble the nobles, officials, common people for registration because there was more work to be done. And then you have the list of the genealogical record. Um, now, uh, this is identical apart from some of the numbers which, which the scholars reckon have been misplaced because it's really difficult to get the numbers right, but it's identical to the list in Ezra chapter 2. So, I'm going to refer you to my sermon on Ezra chapter 2, and I'm not going to do it tonight. Um, I don't look forward to that day when I've got to preach on Ezra chapter 2. However, I will draw your attention to verses 70 and 71. Some of the heads of the families contributed, notice that word, to the work, the governor gave to the treasury a 1,000 drachmas of gold, 50 bulls, and 530 garments for priests. Some of the heads of the families gave to the treasury for the work the 20,000 drachmas of gold, um, 2,200 minas of silver. The total given by the, the rest of the people was 20,000. So you see in verse uh, 71... Verse 70 rather, contributed to the work. And again in verse 71, for the work, to the treasury, for the work. So the work was completed, but there's another work that goes on from the foundation of that work. Don't think, if we go back to salvation, don't think that the completed work of salvation on the day of Christ will mean an eternity of laziness. All this work, all this struggle, all this suffering in the here and now, completion on the day of Christ, and then no more work to do. We just sit down in the clouds and do nothing. What a boring uh, horror. That's more like hell to me than, than heaven, but what a bore that would be. But it's not the case. Nehemiah's work led to other work. And if you listen carefully to the teaching of Jesus on the talents in Matthew 25, And his teaching in Luke 19 on the minas or the pounds, Um, I believe that he is teaching us that the reward for faithful service is more responsibility and more work. Luke 19, verse 17, Well done, my good servant, because you have been faithful or trustworthy in a very small matter. Take charge of ten cities now. These two sets of parables, they seem to be talking about an eschatological, uh, 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 a time beyond the end, as it were. They're they're talking about the new heavens and the new earth time. So there's that which gets done well here will lead us or qualify us for work that will get done well then and more because you've been trustworthy in a very small matter. Take charge of, you know, ten cities. That's work. In the new heavens and the new earth, there will be work to do. Praise God. It will be glorious work to the glory of God. Because, you see, we will, having been completed, we will be fully under the blood of the new covenant, an eternal covenant. And there will no longer be a curse upon work, but a blessing, the blessing of the covenant. Our great high priest will undo the curse on work. The weeds and the thistles will be no more. We will no longer work by the sweat of our brow. It will not be a burden to us under the curse. It will be a liberty to us under his blessing. We will get up in the morning and say, thank God for Monday. It's a working week again because everything we do will be a joy and not a burden. He bore the curse so that we might receive the blessing of his grace His mercy rescues us and brings the work of salvation to completion, but there is an eternity, an age of ages after that when we will receive, we won't need to receive mercy anymore, we will receive grace upon grace to reward us with glorious work to the glory and praise of our God and Father. That's a wonderful thing to think about and hope for and pray for and to work towards. Make me faithful now so that I will be faithful then and and receive in your grace and by your help a reward that brings glory to you and joy to my brothers and sisters. The work then will not be a curse because as I said it will be under the blessing of our great high priest. We will never have to go out with tears to sow so that we reap with joy. We will sow with joy. We will reap with joy. We will eat with joy. We will dance with joy. We will work with joy. It will all be joy to serve him and work in the new heavens and the new earth, fullness of joy, all to the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So, medics, you won't be needed because there will be no more illness. Maybe trauma. Okay, I don't know, but there won't be and certainly won't be Undertakers, sorry, even if you're a Christian undertaker, you'll have to retrain because we won't need you. Locksmiths, who's going to steal anything in the new heavens and the new earth? Preachers will know it all then. Anyway, you'll have to retrain, become a carpenter or a poet or something like that. Well, painters and poets, people that help us see and savor and love the glory and goodness of God, you can carry on in your employment, but perfected. It's a wonderful thought. It's a wonderful thought. Nehemiah's completion of his work led to more work and it's four figures, the gospel, the good news that when our work on earth is done, there'll be even better work to do in the presence of our great God and Savior, Jesus. So here's my conclusion questions. Has God the Father begun a good work in you? Do you love Jesus? That's the question. Then he's begun a good work in you. And if that is the case, he truly will, by his power, by his grace, bring it to completion on the day that Jesus Christ is revealed. Now, are you a finished work yet? No, of course not. Did you think that was the case? Are you surrounded with many who will oppose you? Of course you are. Will they win? Of course they won't. They will be confounded, put to shame. They will see you in your perfection, in your completion, and they will fear. So, says the New Testament, strengthen your weak hands. Pray and work. Work and pray. And may we all see the good hand of our gracious God in our lives. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, sometimes when I when i look at your people at the lambs that you have given into our care and the sheep that you call us to feed when i when i look at, at even in the mirror and look at the mirror of your word i think lord who are these weak stumbling sinful opposed people that they will win the victory well we're under the king We don't want to look at the weakness. We want to look at the promises. We want to see and perceive that the Lord has laid his hand upon us. That he has chosen the materials. He has got his plans in mind. He has seen the end of our days before we have seen it. And when he sees that in Christ, there is smile and joy and glory in the heart of the Father. May we get a taste of that tonight so that in the struggle tomorrow we will keep the faith, we will run the race, we will look to Jesus, as we were thinking this morning, who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross and despised the shame and were his enemies not confounded. Let that be so for us. In Jesus' name. Amen. We'll close this evening by singing the, the hymn that John quoted, um, A Debtor to Mercy Alone. The band will lead us as we sing this. And